I am very emotional. I, I've got chills, and everything that they sang and talked about is what I'm going to talk about this morning. And it's those inner voices. I call them when the weeds are rustling. They, <laughs> they can get really loud in there. Um, I have to say that this morning, everything in my house went wrong. Everything broke that could break, and and the weeds were going crazy. And I <laughs> the one thing, and then I was thinking about coming here, and my beautiful husband um, said to me all the time, whenever I was faced with a challenge or a trauma or something I was afraid to do, he'd say, you've got this, babe. You've got this. So his voice calmed down the weeds, and I got it. Whatever, whatever happens, my, you know, I have, I've got it, and I have. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> so I have two goals this morning. Well, more than two, but two important ones. One is to deliver at least one nugget of spiritual wisdom that we can take home and think about, contemplate on, or use, and use. The other one is for my body parts to stay whole and together while I'm up here because it's very tenuous. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, that's what we got. Um, the voices, like it's like, look who's talking. And I, in practicing my talk, I had to realize that my mind wants to go into different directions because there's so much when you talk about the inner voices or going into the silence and, and all of this, it's, oh, I could talk about that, I could talk about that. It's just like, no, stay focused. So I'm going to tell you a story today, and I love this story. It's from a book by Anthony DeMello, and the book is titled The Song of the Bird. And the name of the story is The Temple Bells. And this story talks to, which I will interpret, <laughs> to the inner voice and how sometimes we can't go into that silence because we're trying too hard. We're just trying and trying and trying so desperately hard to get to that place of peace and silence that it doesn't happen. And a lot of first-time meditators, and I was one of them, who thought, oh, my brain's too busy. It won't quiet down. I can't do this. I can't do it. I can't do it. It's just, it's like, it's, you know, going crazy. And, and until I learned, and then I could go past those weeds. I could go past those weeds rustling in my head. And they'll never turn off. The chatter is always there. But what we can do is we can rise above it. We can rise above that chatter, which is on a very low level of spirituality. And, and so they're still there, but we don't pay attention to it anymore. We can't really hear it, you know, because we're in this space of beautiful silence like Doreen in her beautiful prayer, and Doreen is a prayer goddess, I must say, and um, so amazed by her prayers always and her gentle heart. So this story, it's called The Temple Bells, and many centuries ago, there was an island, and on this island, there was a temple, and the temple had a thousand bells, some tiny little bells, some big, some medium, all different sizes of bells, but there were a thousand of these bells and they were handcrafted by the the most famous craftsmen around the world they were so special 
And the legend has it that when these, when there was a storm or there was a wind and these bells would peal out in a beautiful symphony of sound. And it was so beautiful that anyone who heard these bells, who heard that symphony became enraptured. They were just in ecstasy from that sound. It was so magical. The only thing that anybody needed to do was to listen. And then they could hear these bells. So through the, through the centuries, the island sank. It sank to the bottom of the ocean, and with it, the temple and the temple bells. So the, the telling of the story went through centuries and centuries and centuries, and it spread around the world. So people heard about the temple bells from all different parts of the earth. And there was a young man who was sitting in his coffee house one day, with his fellow writers and poets and actors. And somebody mentioned this story about the temple bells. And he went, hmm, I want to hear those bells. So he took time off. He arranged time off. And he packed his bags. And he flew thousands of miles to this piece of land, this mainland that was off of where the island had been. And he found out where he needed to go sit on the shore so he could stare out at the sea where the island had been. And, and he did this day after day, week after week. I mean, he was so intent on hearing those bells. He said, I've got to hear him. I've got to hear him. Oh, I've got to hear him. And the only thing he heard was the sound of the sea. And the sound of the sea to him at this time was getting in the way of his hearing the temple bells. And that sound of the sea became a roar. And to him, it was so loud, it took over the world. And it was annoying him, and he was getting frustrated. And he's, oh, be quiet, see? I can't hear the bells. I'm not here to listen to you. Be quiet. So then he would get so frustrated, he'd go into the village, and he'd talk to the village pundits. And they would talk about that legend with unction. And I looked up unction. It means passion. <laughs> So they would, they would tell the story, and every time he heard the story, his heart would become a flame, and he'd feel that fire in him, and he'd go back, and he'd sit down again on the, on the shore and to no avail. He never heard the only thing he heard was the, the ocean pounding against the shore. So he did this for weeks on end. And every time he would go try to get inspired, and he'd go back, and then he'd get discouraged again. So finally he gave up. I'm giving up. I'm going home. I'm not good enough, these little weeds in his head. Who do you think you are? You're not good enough to hear those temple bells. Only the very special people can hear those temple bells. And you're not special. You're just ordinary. Go home. And then he'd say, the other weeds would say, oh, you're just a fool because these people in the village, they're lying. There, were no, there was never a temple. There are no temple bells. What? That's ridiculous. How stupid are you to believe that? So he would listen to all these little voices in his head and go, yeah, I guess I'm going to go home. But before he went home, he said, I want to go say goodbye. I want to say goodbye to the sea. I want to say goodbye to the birds and the wind and the little sand crabs that run around and the coconut trees. So he went down there to say goodbye and he brought his little 
his little um, beach blanket, and he put it down, and he sat down, and he laid down. And he laid down not to hear the temple bells. He just laid down to say goodbye to this place that he called home for so many weeks. He came every day to this place. So when he laid down, he actually, for the very first time, he listened. He listened to the sea. And he didn't hear a roar. He didn't hear an annoying noise. He heard a beautiful song. And the sea was singing to him in its beautiful rhythms as it lapped the shore and as the waves met each other. And he, he could hear it, and it was beautiful. And it was so, so meditative, and he went into such a, a state of silence. He went so deep. The sound of the sea brought him so deep into a place of silence and peace that he just became lost in himself. And he was so lost in himself, he didn't realize what was going on. But he kept hearing the sea, and it was singing to him in beautiful, beautiful songs that the sea was singing. And then all of a sudden, he heard, or he thought he heard, a tiny, tiny little tinkle. And then he heard another little tinkle, a little louder and another, and another, and another, until finally all thousand temple bells were peeling out in a beautiful symphony just for him. And he was so overcome. He was in ecstasy. His heart was just beating in passion, and he, was, he didn't know what to do, but he had achieved his goal by going into the silence, by clearing away the weeds in his head that were telling him he wasn't good enough. He could hear the temple bells. And he was forever changed by that, by being able to really listen for the first time in his life, to listen, and he could hear the voice of God as it sang through first the sea and then the temple bells. And when the temple bells were ringing and the sea was singing its song, they joined together in a beautiful harmony that filled his heart. So if you wish to, to hear the temple bells, listen to the sea. And if you wish to have a glimpse of God, look at creation intently. So, you know, that's what my talk is about, these the young man who was so intent, you know, sometimes we're so intent on finding an answer. We're so un intent on wanting to know where to go, what to do, who we are. Is this okay? Is that not okay? That, that we just become filled with this busyness in our brain, and we can't hear. We can't hear the voice of God as it, as it tries to talk to us. You know, I did this with ministerial school. It took me three years before I could hear the voice of God telling me this was a calling and not an ego trip because I didn't want it to be another rung in the ladder, something to achieve and not have it mean anything. And finally, when I did, I let all of that chatter go and I just went into meditation. I said, God, just talk to me. I just want to know that this is you talking to me and not my ego talking to me. And I knew because when I came out of meditation, my heart was pounding so hard. Every time I thought about becoming a minister, my heart would just go, I'd, I'd get excited. I'd get so excited. And everything that 
blocked me in the previous three years, like all the negativity, the money, the time, you're not good enough, you're not smart enough, you're too old, you're going to be like older when you graduate if you do, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do in a ministry? Nobody's going to want to listen to some old gal up there, <laughs> you know, so everything went away. Everything that tried to block me fixed itself. I didn't have to do anything. I took the first step, and when I took the first step, all the other steps came easily. It just, it just happened, and it just happened. And again, I had my darling husband there supporting me the whole way. You've got it, babe. You've got it, babe. You're already a minister. You've got it. I mean, you know, his voice, his voice is still with me, and it always will be. But just, just to know, you know, there's a quote by Ernest Holmes, and it says, through my eyes, God sees the kingdom of, sees the perfection of his kingdom. I, too, see the perfection in all creation. And that is like, yeah, the perfection in creation. If we want a glimpse of God, look at creation. In the ocean, the temple bells, the sand, the sea, the world, the flowers, our animals, our loved ones this beautiful love blanket that's in front of me right here. It's all a glimpse of God. And, and in that glimpse, we feel peaceful. We can just rest and we can relax and, and we can be at peace. Because we don't have to try to have a successful life. We just have to listen and put one foot in front of the other and everything is made for us. Everything unfolds for us. But it starts in our mind, mind, body, soul connection is so important because they all work together. When it, it's just our mind pushing us or it's just our body pushing us, it's not going to work. They have to be together. They have to be in synchronicity like the ocean singing and the temple bells chiming together. Two separate entities, but one, one beautiful symphony of sound, one beautiful song from the heart of God. And that's, you know, that's what life is all about. And I, I can't say enough how we make it hard on ourselves. I can't talk for everybody. I can talk for me in my life. When I try and try and try to, to make it better, to make things happen, if they do happen, they don't work out, you know. But when I don't try and I just surrender Surrender is a big thing here because when the young man surrendered, he went there to say goodbye. He surrendered. He wasn't trying to hear the bells anymore, and he heard the sea. He listened, and he heard the sea. And in hearing the sea and letting that envelop his whole being, then he heard the temple bells. And, and then he was in rapture, and he was, he was where he wanted to be, and he didn't even know how he got there, but he got there. And that's what life is about. That's what our, the weeds rustle in. They're there. You know, they try and trip us up, but we know better. We know better because we also have the seeds that were planted within us from God. And God planted seeds when we came into this world. And I say God, if spirit, love, whatever you want to call God, it's, it has many names. But I like God, so that's what I call it. But anyway, whatever you want to call it, 
it's, it's the creator, it's that energy force, the energy force that's beyond all universes, beyond what we can imagine, beyond what we can see. It's created and it has created, it does create, it never stops creating. And our thoughts about us and our thoughts about how our life should be are in alignment with that when we listen and when we don't have to take control and we can just say, this is what I want to do, this is what I believe I can do. When we believe we can do something, we can do it. We can do it. And I remember my grandson Christopher, who is now a paramedic firefighter at L.A. County, was a little boy, and he'd come here, and, and we were walking home one day, and Fred said to him, hey, Chris, he said, how come you like this church so much? He says, because, Gramps, it makes me know that I can do anything I want to do. Right? And, he's, and that's true. And he, ha he left coming to this church later on, but in his life, he has done whatever he wants to do. He sets his mind to something, and he makes it happen. He doesn't make it happen. He lets God make it happen. And he always wanted to be a firefighter from a little boy, and the going was rough. It was not easy. And, you know, he, he made his little plan, and he believed in himself, and it happened. It happened better than he could have planned it. And that's life. And I'm here this morning standing on the stage talking to people and <laughs> knowing that I'm going to be on Facebook or something, and it's like, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> this, is, this is me. All right, this is me and my glory and my extra poundage that I put on during <laughs> COVID and, and my husband's passing. But you know what? It's good. It's good. I don't care. I, I have a heart. I have a soul, and I believe in God, and I believe in life, and I believe that we are more than what we look like. We are hearts, and our hearts speak through our eyes. Our hearts speak through our voices, and our hearts speak through our service. When we're in service to each other, when we're kind, and Bonnie's all about kindness, and for a good reason, because kindness is the healer of the world. If we could be kind to each other, there, what can go wrong? I mean, that's why we're here. We're here to support each other, to love each other, to be kind to each other. And if we don't understand each other, that's fine. But we can still be kind and honor our differences, honor what other people think. You know, they don't all have to think like I do, although, you know. I know. Um, yeah, that's that's what it's all about. Is wasn't there a song? That's what the hokey pokey. Shake yourself around. <laughs> Shake it all around. <laughs> that's what it's all about. Yeah, it's all about God. It's all about going into that beautiful place. It's all about listening. It's all about yeah. Who's talking? Are the weeds talking? Or is God talking? Are we listening to weeds or are we listening to God? And we came into this life with a, a purpose, a noble purpose, and it's different for each one of us. But it's simple, and it's all God. And um, 
Fred's Noble Purpose was written on a on a card, and it was it was I had taped it to an angel painting that he did, and it was over his hospice bed. And his noble purpose was to spread the awesome power of love. So spread the awesome power of love, and he did that in his life, and uh, it was very special. It was simple, but to think about it, going spreading love every day of our lives that can be a challenge. You know, it's like, oh, do I really have to do this? Okay. <laughs> and the, the main thing we to start spreading the power of love is with ourselves, to look in the mirror and see who we are and to know that we are a creation of God. We are love. And to not honor that is, a, is to me, being disrespectful to the creator who made us because God doesn't make mistakes. Doesn't make mistakes. We're, none of us are mistakes. No matter what we look like, no matter how we talk, no matter what we do, we're not a mistake. We all have a gift to bring to this world no matter what station, what position, what job or no job we have. We are here to give a message, you know? And I, I know that for a fact. I know that for a fact. And, oh, what a cute little picture. <laughs> There's a little picture of a, of a little animal with flowers on its head down there. <laughs> I, I don't know what, what it is, but it's adorable. Anyway. <laughs> oh, Its eyes are crossed, too, so I don't know what it's saying, <laughs> but it's adorable. Okay, so I hope, <laughs> I hope, <laughs> I hope I gave a little nugget today, and um, in wrapping this up, seeing, seeing, getting a glimpse of God in all creation, that's who we are, we're creation. And seeing, getting a glimpse of God is looking at each other, looking at each other's faces, looking at our animals, our beautiful animals, and knowing that God is in all forms of life. And knowing this, feeling this, I'm going to go into wrapping this up with a prayer. And as I pray, I absolutely recognize the presence, the presence, of God, the presence of spirit, of love, of life, that creator, that energy force that made all life is the source for and of all life. And that energy source is who we are. It is within us and we are within it. We are within the one heart, the universal one heart, which expands in contraction and expands and contracts and it just brings those hugs and that love to all life. And knowing this and feeling that presence within myself, feeling it within myself as my creativity, as my, as my power, as my love, as my kindness, as everything that I am, and knowing that presence within each and every one of us here, within all life, on all levels, in all forms, that presence, that presence is here. That presence is within each of us. And knowing as we go out about our life today and through the rest of this week until we get more food next Sunday, 
at Ventura Center for Spiritual Living, that we take kindness into the world. We take kindness to ourselves and to other people, to the animals, to the earth, to the trees. Because this beautiful planet supports us. The beautiful life on this planet, under this planet, within this planet, above this planet, it is all of God. It is all supportive of each other and us. And we all need each other to live. We all need each other to live a beautiful life. And in that, in that needing, in that supporting, in that kindness, and in this space of gratitude, and this attitude of gratitude and being grateful for every moment that appears, no matter what it's dressed like. It can be in clouds. It can be wearing dark clothes. It can be wearing beautiful pink flowers. It can, it can appear in any form. It's all a blessing. Every moment that we breathe is a blessing. Every moment that we support someone else is a blessing. Sometimes those blessings look like they're difficult, but they're with God, they're not. With God, we have them. We've got this, babe, all of us. And I release this prayer into the universal law. And I end this talk with love and kindness for all life. And together we say, and so it is. <laughs>